All right. Snare drum time means Minnesota Sports Chat Golden Gopher Preview Review Show. This is Minnesota Sports Chat Edition number 135. The 135th edition of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, if only in my own mind. Please, if you are listening on Apple, please make sure you rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat. Same if you are listening on Spotify. And no matter how you are listening, please make sure you tell your friends and family all about Minnesota Sports Chat and make sure you support those who do support Minnesota Sports Chat, like my friends at Beans Coffee Company. Check out their website, coffeebybeans.com. That is coffeebybeans.com. I guarantee you, once you get there, you will be excited about all that they have to offer, including even coffee subscriptions. And you'll be so excited, you'll head to the checkout page. When you do that, use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That is the promo code SPORTSCHAT to save yourself a little bit of money on Beans Coffee Company. Again, coffeebybeans.com. That is coffeebybeans.com. I welcome in now once again for our weekly hit, little inside media business talk, Daniel. A weekly hit with Daniel House from gophersguru.com. Daniel, how you doing, my man? It's a wonderful week. It's game week again, fresh off the bye, ready to talk a little Gophers Illini and enjoy some Big Ten football this week. Before we get rolling, what will everybody find at gophersguru.com when they head there? It was a big week the past uh, two weeks here, actually. We put out the breakdown on the Purdue game, offensive one, a couple of podcasts, including this one. Also put out a piece on study on forcing missed tackles and how that correlates with success when you watch the Gophers play. It's actually it actually surprised me a little bit. And then this week, also putting out some breakdowns on what to expect offense and defensive wise against Illinois. So lots of different things that subscribers get five dollars a month for the all access package. Nothing to review for the Golden Gophers. They were off last week after falling to Purdue the previous week, 20 to 10 for their first loss of the season. So we'll spend plenty of time previewing the Gophers and Illinois from Champaign Urbana this upcoming Saturday. First kick at 11 a.m. in a de facto Big Ten West elimination game for the Gophers. That's what I'm calling it. You lose to Illinois. You're two games behind the leader, and Illinois has the tiebreaker. Daniel House, let's hear what head coach P.J. Fleck of the Minnesota Golden Gophers has to say about the University of Illinois fighting Illini and our buddy, our good old buddy, Brett Bielema. They do what they do extremely well, incredibly physical. Uh, they're all on the same page. You know, they want to put the ball down and run the football, play action pass, naked, um, you know, just they want to just beat you up. And they've done that to a lot of people this year. They're a really good football team. they got a ton of experience on that team. A lot of guys who played a ton of football, really good athletes. Uh, They do what they do very well. He's done a really good job of coming in and instilling his mentality into that program. I think it shows. Got a lot of respect for him. Uh, You know, obviously he's one of the best college coaches maybe of all time. And uh, you can start to see that blueprint starting to take shape over there at Illinois. Man, got a lot of respect for what they do and who they are. 
uh, especially him as a person and as a coach. Thanks to Gopher Sports on YouTube for providing that audio. Daniel, two thoughts, one serious, one kind of funny. The serious thought, you can tell PJ respects the University of Illinois and Brett Bielema as he should. The comedic thought, I have listened to that soundbite five times, and every time I hear it, I know what he means when he says naked, but I can't not hear that thinking the players are playing naked the way he says that. He's just talking about the Brett Bielema shirt pick, you know? <laughs> you know if you haven't seen that, Google it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's talking about. But yeah, I yeah. Your takeaways on what Coach had to say about Illinois? You know, Illinois' program has been able to get off the ground because Brett Bielema, during his time away from college football, he has certainly innovated in some areas, and specifically offensively, hiring Barry Lenny Jr. and doing things with formations, different personnel groupings, lots of motion building off the run game, uh, play action stuff, creative play designs, making you cover every inch of the field, uh, just maximizing the skill players that you have, and then also blending in tempo offensively. They do that more than people give them credit for. Like I hear all this talk about Illinois being a ball control team, and yeah, they, they sort of were last year, and they can be that way at times, but even more so they're running more offensive plays than they typically do, and they're playing with tempo uh, after big plays, getting up to the line of scrimmage, trying to snap the ball and create defensive chaos and maybe capitalize on a couple of big plays. So that's something to watch for throughout uh, is the usage of tempo and the different personnel groupings. And uh, I also want to see who plays quarterback this week, Ross. Uh, Tommy DeVito with an ankle injury. Archer Sitkowski surprisingly has not played the Gophers once, but he's been around the Big Ten Conference a ton. Uh, So I don't think the game plan changes too much like I wrote about on the website this week. Uh, I, I I think that depending on which quarterback goes, I kind of laid out a plan of, of how it should look with DeVito and Sitkowski. And the Gophers come into this game, we assume, with a healthy enough Mo Ibrahim. Yeah, well, I just totally butchered that name. Sorry, Mo. Illinois a little banged up, though, and you mentioned it at the quarterback position. Could this be a fortuitous time to be playing the University of Illinois for the Gophers? Yeah, and I honestly, the, the Tommy DeVito injury is is a big one, but I also think that Isaiah Williams' is concussion, if he's unable to go slot receiver, accounts for like 42% of their total yards after the catch, stresses defenses in the screen game vertically, uh, really just puts a lot of stress on the defense. So if he's unable to play, that's a big absence. But, Ross, I look at it and I go, Illinois' defense has been fantastic Ryan Walters has that group playing fast. They blitz at the highest rate in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Minnesota will face two of the top blitzing teams in the Big Ten the next two weeks in Illinois and Penn State. So I want to see how they respond to that. Tanner Morgan has only been blitzed on about 20% of his total dropbacks through the first five games. So this is a different challenge that Minnesota's offensive line hasn't faced yet. And we saw last year the scheme that Illinois put out where Sidney Brown was just a focal point of it his versatility, coming down in the box, then just shooting back into cover two immediately uh, at the snap and and creating a lot of confusion for the quarterback to identify the coverage. So I think pre-snap motion, bunch uh, and stack sets because of all the man coverage they run to try to get some free releases. I wrote about all this on the website, but, you know, their defense is physical, versatile, lots of man coverage but they also have some subtleties in their coverage schemes that can make it hard to identify the type of coverage that you're getting. So 
I I've been particularly impressed with their defensive line too. Jerzon Newton or Johnny Newton. He's one of the top interior uh, pass rushers right now playing in a three, four scheme as an end uh, has created a lot of disruptions. Keith Randolph opposite of him is really good in the run game, uh, extending and defeating blocks and Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback, uh, he flashes as well. I think he's one of the best man cover corners in the entire conference and actually maybe one of the better ones in the entire country. So lots of challenges defensively. I want to see uh, offensively. I want to see what Illinois defensive scheme sort of looks like because uh, they've been, they've impressed me this far. So throw the Gophers game out this weekend. I know we all that are listening, I assume all that are listening, there could be a few Illinois fans listening. I assume though we all want for the most part, the Gophers to win on Saturday, and I hope they do. I actually kind of borderline expect them to win on Saturday. But let's throw that all out there. Throw it all aside, actually. House, I'm very happy for University of Illinois fans, the supporters of the program. I've been to Memorial Stadium twice. I watched the Gophers win once years ago, become bowl eligible, beating Illinois later in the year. I was at the uh, very infamous uh, Rob Smith's last stand when he was booted the next day because it was just historically, biblically bad defense. But what I'm getting at, Daniel, it is a good fan base. It's a good Big Ten fan base that places most likely or more than likely, if it isn't already, going to be sold out on Saturday. They'll all be wearing orange. It's a great college town. They support all their teams. I'm really happy for them, and I don't have quite the vitriol that I did for Brett Bielema all those years ago. That kind of went away when he went to Arkansas, and now for the most part, it's pretty much entirely gone. I, I think the world of what he's done already, and I do think House, it's a little bit of a bad sign for anybody who may end up playing him every year, whether they quad these divisions or they do two divisions. He's been able to do this, for the most part, without a lot of young players that he's recruited. These are players that were left over for him and transfer kids. As long as he's not massively screwing up recruiting, imagine what Brett might be able to do two, three, four years from now. Who knows? This team could finish 7-5. and five. They could finish 10-2. and two. Who knows well, where they're going to finish? But what I'm saying, imagine when he has a few more years how good this thing might be rolling. Yeah, and just think about all the players that Illinois consistently lost that went out of state. They have a good talent pool of players down there. Minnesota won a lot of battles down in Illinois traditionally, so that becomes something now where you have Illinois being competitive, and that adds another layer to you know where you're recruiting and who you're competing against. But you know, I, I agree. Uh, Illinois has done a nice job of getting that thing off the ground. I believe it's a little bit easier in this transfer portal landscape if you can hit on a couple of transfers that you need at certain areas to fill some spots. That's huge. And then also just recruiting players that fit your scheme well. I think defensively, you know, they they built their roster with the idea that they want to be versatile on that side of the ball. And they've done a nice job of uh, finding athletic players, versatile players that can do a lot of different things, and then building the scheme off of that. So it's like goes hand in hand being able to, you know, not only get the best players in recruiting, but also find players that, sort of fit what you're trying to do as well. So that that's definitely something that Illinois has done, and you're seeing the results early on. So like you said, what we'll see what happens when they get down the road here and, and get some recruiting classes. In. How do the Gophers get out of Champaign with a win and their Big Ten West title hopes still alive? What do they need to do? And I certainly know 
the offense is going to have a lot to prove after what happened two weeks ago against Purdue. But also Kirk Scirocco, we were talking about before we were talking about this before we started recording the pod. Historically, he's been very good out of bye weeks. So you yeah. hope that that trend continues. But what what do the Gophers need to do to get out of Champaign with a win? And Illinois' defense has been super stingy this year. They don't give up touchdowns at all. How do the Gophers not settle for field goals and get out of their scoring touchdowns and get the W? I just picture Kirk Shirock in his hoodie with his like stocking cap on, just hanging out in the laboratory over the bye week, coming up literally chewing film, just eating it. He, I tell you, he puts in the work. He definitely does. So th- there will be. No stone unturned for this game. And then the next one after that, the reset after the bye, like you said, Minnesota's had a lot of success when they have extra time to prepare even for bowl games and things like that. But yeah, I think the biggest thing in this game will be early down efficiency. Uh, Illinois, they they thrive at getting people out of those situations, getting you behind the sticks. I think that they're the sixth, they put teams in passing down situations at the sixth highest clip in the FBS. So being able to avoid situations where they can send the blitz pressure, get creative with their front seven and put stress on your offensive line, that is going to be one of the most pivotal aspects of the game, being able to get the ball out quick, maybe use the screen game, run some concepts that allow you to get open against man coverage. And you're going to have to run some good routes and win some contested catch battles because they're very physical, their defensive backs and have, a lot of speed in the back end, not only in the in the sec in the third level, but in the second level as well. So that creates challenges. And defensively, I think the Gophers have done a really good job of building schemes this year. Their safeties have played extremely well. It all comes down to stopping the run. Chase Brown, one of the most dynamic running backs in the country. Illinois as a team, only four power five programs have forced more missed tackles than Illinois' running backs this season. So Tackling fundamentals are going to be pivotal in this game, being able to get Illinois' offense behind the sticks. They they stayed on schedule very, very well offensively, and that's been the formula for them. A lot of high-efficiency completions, getting the ball out in space, doing things formationally that uh, get players good matchups. So Minnesota just has to get Illinois uh, to stop the run on a fir- on first and second down and then get them behind the sticks because we know that Joe Rossi uh, is very creative and does a nice job with the, with the third down package. Here's the obligatory special teams mention that you and I seemingly get in every pod. This does feel like special teams could be very important this week, right? You can't yeah. if you kick field goals, you can't miss them. You got to make your extra points and field position, punting and kick coverage. It just seems like this will be. This will be a big game for that. The last time I checked, the over-under was at 39 and a half house. Yeah. I, that feels about right to me. This feels like a one-score game where more than likely neither team scores more than 24, 27 points. First team to 20 probably wins this one, and I believe whoever gets off to a quick start will gain an advantage because you don't want to go down there and get down seven to nothing and allow you know either team to sort of control the flow of the game. We saw what happened last year when Illinois went on that drive, got up early and then sort of maintained throughout, bled it down, did what they do offensively, played very physical. So I think that's going to be one of the most important factors in the game is just starting strong, 
uh, not putting yourself in a position where you're sort of climbing uphill. So I'd take the ball first, go up, try to score. And I think special teams wise, they are similar in field position margin. Illinois had some turnover in, in the specialist area. I do think maybe they're a little bit vulnerable on some of their coverage units. So there could be a couple of nice returns there. Maybe we get that Quentin Redding touchdown that, that we called a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see. Yeah, and for me, House, personally, I don't love taking the ball to start the game. Perfect scenario for me, you kick the ball to Illinois to start the game and you hold them to three points or less, preferably nothing. But if you do get the ball to start the game, then do what you did against Michigan State. Go all the way down the field, put seven on the board, and make everybody feel a heck of a lot better. I think there's going to be a lot of Gopher fans watching the game on Saturday. A little nervous at the start, just because you're a little unsure of what you saw two weeks ago. I just think there's going to be some nervous watching and perhaps maybe some nervous players. So I think a good start to your point, House, it's always helpful. I think it's going to be more helpful this weekend. Yeah, I I just think you got to be aggressive right from the get-go, get after it, all that pent-up frustration from the Purdue game, a week to think about it, another week to prepare, get healthy, Mo Ibrahim's back is expected to play so that changes all the elements of your offense just his presence out there not just as a player but leader so you know i i like i said first team to 20 feels like a, the 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 goal for illinois and minnesota entering this game quick look around the big 10 the winner of the minnesota illinois game will get some help no matter what because nebraska is at purdue on saturday night at 6 30 on big 10 network Wisconsin's at Michigan State. Go Sparty in that game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Your game at the dentist favorite time of 2.30. Maryland at Indiana. The best games of the day could be the two that kick off at 11 a.m. Penn State is at Michigan. And, of course, Minnesota at Illinois. Of that slate house, what stands out to you besides the big Minnesota-Illinois tilt? Yeah, I, I would love to. I'm going to be excited to watch back the Penn State Michigan game just because I think Michigan hasn't, you know, convincingly won the past couple of weeks. This would be one of their biggest tests. I want to see how Penn State runs the football. That's something that I'm watching entering the next game. I feel like that's one of the things that is the next step for Penn State. Can they get their running game going, be more creative in that area? Um, the team speed of Penn State, how does it match up against Michigan's defense? Uh, that that'll be a fun game to watch. I wish it was a primetime game. I'm honestly surprised. I guess Fox has got to get their a couple of premier big games, noon Saturday. They got to have Urban Meyer out on the field before the game, man. Let's end with this roll tide heads to Rocky top Alabama at yeah. Tennessee this Saturday. It has the makings of what could be a fabulous football game. A lot of rat poison out there, as Nick Saban calls it. A lot of people hopping on Tennessee to win that football game. I'm a mild closet Tennessee Vols fan. I would love to see Tennessee win, but I'm going to pull the only Corso Daniel House, and I'm going to say, not so fast. I just don't believe Alabama's going to... They've looked vulnerable this year by Alabama standards, Mm -hmm. but until Alabama has like a prolonged period of struggling or they lose a game or multiple games, it's just really tough for me to not believe that they're going to win. Although I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tennessee won and I'll be cheering for them. Your thoughts on that big tilt this upcoming Saturday? 
I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I like about Tennessee is the tempo they play with. So I'm watching that to see how Alabama reacts to it, all the communication that's required when a team likes to run a lot of plays per minute. Illinois or Tennessee right now is sixth in plays per minute, running two at 2.86. Uh, they have a lot of vertical components in their offense, uh, having a lot of success with tunnel screens, uh, a lot of different things like that, putting the ball out in space, challenging defenders. So what type of scheme will they put together? I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, game, definitely uh, watching that after Minnesota, Illinois. Going to be a great day of college football, not only in the upper Midwest, but a great day for college football across the country. Daniel, on our way out the door, please remind everybody about gophersguru.com. I know we started there, but I'm very bullish on the work that you do, and I hope everybody is taking advantage of what you have to offer at gophersguru.com. Yeah, you can head over to the site, check out all the preview content. I've had two weeks to get ready for this game and started some advanced prep for Penn State and other opponents, so you can get all that content by checking it out at gophersguru.com. I love that you're already on to Penn State. Are you on to Rutgers yet? If you started the Rutgers breakdown yeah, for yeah. October 29th. I tell you, I prep out a long ways in advance, long ways, because that's how you keep up. You know, you got to maintain all the, the things that you look for and have a list ready. And so I have a process that I go through. A former boss of mine, Daniel House, told me, you never have to catch up if you always stay ahead. Hey. That's my philosophy. <laughs> I you, like every it. Week you learn something new. That's what I love about football. That I watch it differently than a lot of people. I, I want to learn something new. I want to see what our team's doing. So uh, it's not just watching the Gophers every week. It's checking out everything. Well, next week in this feed, roughly at this time, we'll learn something new about Penn State. And we'll also, at that point, have learned some more stuff about the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers football team. Thanks, Daniel. We'll talk again in this feed in about a week, okay? Thanks, man. At Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine and at gophersguru.com on that internet machine. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening to this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, the 135th edition. Thank you so much for coming along on this ride. Please tell your friends and family all about the pod, and please rate and review kindly. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.